What's up, everybody? It is a brand new week with a brand new podcast here from the guys that parked in turn one. I'm Jason. What's going on, Bo? Not too much, Jason. How was your week? Man, it was good. I mean, you know, we had a great weekend of racing this past weekend, and that's kind of carried me through. I, I watched so much racing. Uh, that's that's awesome. And uh, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack, you know, from what happened in Moto GP and Moto 2 and 3, and then, of course, our first weekend in Moto America. So let's just jump right into it, man. What do you think? Absolutely. If, if there was one thing that I learned or one thing that was solidified with me this past weekend, it was that I love motorcycles and I love motorcycle racing. So let's get right down to it. Yeah, man, no doubt. I mean, so I, first of all, I'm going to start with Moto3, as we normally do, uh -huh. but I watched qualifying because I was ready to go off on some dudes <laughs> for for acting silly but evidently our podcast has cured the problem i mean they have listened to me and you and spoke a little bit of logic and reason and and they've come to their senses and and we had a clean qualifying uh session in q1 especially um so or, i'm sorry in q2 and so i mean i was really happy but in the race you know i'm gonna i just go through the top five finishers real quick at nicolo antonelli Gabriel Rodrigo, and um, and uh, I'm sorry, that's not right. I'm on I'm on the uh, so I'm sorry. I I got that was first practice. I don't know why I was looking at first practice, and I don't know why I got distracted. Everybody, I apologize. But uh, Pedro Costa wins it, and who's shocked? Right? I mean, right? Of course. I, I was like, uh, I said it when we were making our picks. We're gonna pick Mino and. <laughs> And Bender, and then Acosta's going to win it. And guess what? He yeah. surely did. Um, a great ride from Fanati and a, and a great ride from Jeremy Alcoba. I mean, I gave Jeremy Alcoba a tough time when he had that incident with uh, McPhee at turn one. Um, but I'll tell you what, what a great ride from this guy um, to come in and put it put it up on the podium. But, but really, what can you say that hasn't been said about the rookie, Pedro Acosta, He's doing things that have never been done before. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have the words. I don't have enough superlatives. You know, I, I watched that race obviously, and and what I saw from Pedro Acosta is, is I didn't really see Pedro Acosta want to lead that race. You know, he got in lead a couple times, and and uh, you know, of course, he was passed towards the end of the, you know, in the last corner, the, into the uh, Lorenzo corner. Um, or he was passed somewhere else, but he never really fought right back to get into the lead. But what, what I did notice was as soon as he made it to, or if he was passed in the third and the fourth or fifth, he immediately made an attempt to get back into second place. And I think yeah. that that's where he wanted to be. He wanted to be mm -hmm. there in control. And we saw a few moments out of Pedro Acosta. His bike really looked loose um, around turn five area a yep. couple times, and then yep. he was coming yep. out of turn six. Um, he really did. He made but, a couple of saves for sure. Yeah, but 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 going back to exactly what you're saying, Jason is, you know, this kid he ran a a very mature race. He knew exactly where he wanted to make a move. He knew exactly when he wanted to make a move. He made that move and he made it stick. And he he came home with a trophy. His kid is just he's mature beyond his years as far as riding goes. And we're yep. really seeing something special right now. I yeah, think. I I think. We're seeing racecraft out of Pedro Acosta that I would not expect to see from any 16-year-old, much less a 16-year-old that's in his fourth race. And, um, you know, there's definitely a chance for this kid to do something special in the world of MotoGP. And 
uh, I'm rooting for him because I I truly enjoy watching him ride, and hopefully he can continue to uh, improve and win races and move up the grid and uh, move into the higher classes and do the same because right now he looks like a world beater. Um, but again, he's only four races into his career, so I don't want to I don't want to proclaim him with a chance to be better than Marquez or Rossi yet. But my goodness, I mean he. He just looks, he looks unbeatable right now. Um, it looks easy for him. Like I said, he made a few saves on the bike, mm -hmm. but it didn't even bother him. It wasn't even, he didn't lose a lot of time. Right. And he didn't, you know, he, he just made it look easy. And um, there's not much else I can say. I just, just unbelievable what we're seeing out of Pedro Acosta right now. Now, I'd like to see what happens when we have a little adversity. But until then, I'm just going to enjoy this ride and see how many times he can put it on the podium to start his career. Absolutely, yeah, he's in good form right now, and and you know Pedro Acosta, uh, our last few podcasts, he's really been the low hanging fruit to talk about, right? I mean, yep. he's he's it's yep. so easy to talk so, to to just shower this kid with a pra with praise because he's doing so well right now. Um, <clears throat> so I, I want to go ahead and flip that coin. Yep, um, we saw a very aggressive Dennis Onchu, who led quite a few laps and and really wanted to be up front. But we, the last corner, we saw a typical Dennis Unchu move, I think. Um, it, it was out of control. It was way too hot. It had poor judgment to it, and it, and it ended up cost, costing a few riders, you know, a, uh, a, good, a good podium shot yeah, and a good finish. for sure. Yeah, I mean, Bender and Masia got caught up in that, and that's unfortunate. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I, they're at some point. You know, you have to learn that discretion is the better part of valor. Right, and and that was going to be my next question to you. Is, the top you know, five. If, if if you are, um, if you are Dennis on Chu's boss, you know what are you thinking right now? I I I think you you're a mix of emotion, honestly, because you saw some great things from Dennis, but then you saw the mistakes creep in again when it wasn't easy and that's where he's got to improve he's got to learn that what you have to do is take points when you can get points if that means you if he if pedro costa passes you and starts to gap you okay let's just do the best that we can and it's just that's just how that's going to be and there's no there's no reason to be pushing like that into a corner. And, and honestly, that move had no chance. I, I That move had less than a 1% chance of not taking out other riders and surviving it. I mean, that's the way I felt like right. watching that move three it or four times. I'm like, it, it was, it, right. This that, That's just a mistake where you're just trying so hard. But you've got to learn to relax a little bit. And I know you want to win, and I know that you want to be up there, and you were rabid for a chance to to really score some really good points and show everybody you're great. We saw it the whole race, but, uh, but you got passed, and you only finished sixth. Nobody would have said that. What we would have said was, great race, build on it. And so yeah, certainly. You know, and, and so that's what's happening. I, I I feel bad for Masia. I feel bad for Bender. I Masia looked like he was riding in a pretty controlled manner. He looked like he was doing pretty well. Um, and, 
you know, I mean, this is a racing incident, but it shouldn't have happened. And, and there's maybe some punishment coming Dennis on Chu's way. We'll wait and see. But it was just a stupid move. But, you know, I, I again, um, you know, I, I don't want to skip over our our two other podium finishers. Rom, Romano Fanati. Hey, and I don't, I want to talk about Romano Fanati. We remember what Romano Fanati did, and that was pretty horrific. But I'm going to tell you, this guy got a second chance, and he's done nothing but work his way back to the front of this Moto3 paddock. And I have a lot of respect for what he's done and what he's doing um, because, you know, there's always going to be that thing with Fanati now. It'll follow him everywhere. But right now, Fanati looks like he could be a podium contender every week. What do you think, Bo? You know, I really agree. And I'm not going to lie. Whenever it happened, um, I, I was definitely on the side of the fence that said, get out, don't come back. Um, I yeah, really was. there were a lot of, I, I honestly, I was there for a minute as well. And, and, and you know, and, and even, even when I saw that, uh, I think he and, and Andrea Iannone had been working together or he had hired Andrea Iannone, the same manager possibly. And they were, he was kind of helping him try to rebuild that. I was still was very skeptical about it. Um, I did watch, um, you know, a few of the races last year and it really kind of took me a few races to, to look at him and say, okay, you know, maybe there is something there. He's really given an honest effort. And, but I will say that, you know, you're, I think you're right, Jason, in the fact that he's doing tremendous things. He's very, very, I'll say quiet in the paddock. Um, he goes out, he does his job. He's trying to do his best. He's got his head down. He's trying to make changes, uh, you know, on the bike. He's trying to move forward. And I really think that he's trying to put something like that behind him and rebuild his career and his character yep. because you know he's a sent, he's got to do that from the ground up now and it's yeah, almost really he he's really not does. starting from ground zero he's starting from well below ground zero you know I mean, yeah. everyone in the racing community we essentially wanted to bury him under the prison you know that's and, true that's so true. so I think he's doing a tremendous job I am a Romano Fanati fan now. Um, I, I have to admit, you know, I, I definitely. It's fun to watch teams. him ride, right? It those is. lines are those lines are crazy, and I'm like, how is he even doing that? Absolutely, so. he's got such a unique style about him, and, and he's not overly aggressive. He he's very calculated in what he's doing. He knows where he's at and where he belongs each week. I, yeah. I think you know, if he knows he yeah. doesn't have it, he's not pushing to do something stupid. It, when the he biggest knows he does have it, he's there. Yeah, absolutely. And the biggest thing to me about Romano Fanati, and I, I wondered what would happen when someone put a hard move on him or, you know, bumped him wide. Would we see the rage monster in Romano Fanati? And we have not because we have seen him get some unfair passes and some some bad beats, you know. And he's held it together, so all credit to him yeah. uh, for turning his career around and maybe, like you said, like rising from the ashes like a phoenix. I mean, really really has um jeremy alcoba putting it on the podium nice job sir nice job i mean that's even after that's a that's a a big podium for alcoba and uh i was i was if if there was a big surprise to me it was that that alcoba finished third i was i was really uh cheering for him at the end of that race because i was like man this kid's riding really well congratulations figure it out now now don't run into anybody and he didn't and that was awesome and, you know, my pick for the weekend was Andrea Migno. And Migno set the outright lap record in practice um, uh, in qualifying. So congratulations, man. That's fast. And I was, and I sent you a text. I said, I told you, Migno. But I should have known Pedro Acosta doesn't care about the fastest lap. He's just going to get to the finish line the fastest. And uh, 
he no, took it away from him. Yeah, but it was a good it was a good finish for Mino again. It, it needs absolutely it's something to build build momentum on, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in Europe now, we're definitely moving towards um, you know some of the tracks that I think Andrea Mino is probably more comfortable at, and and he's got momentum, he's got confidence building. Um, but right now, you know, everyone's against the giant that is Pedro Acosta. Everyone's a little shell shocked yeah. that he's in, he, that he's yeah. doing as well as he is right now. And he's now. getting bigger. I mean, come on, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the definitely. legend is growing. So. But no, everyone's but, doing well reacting, yep. I think, to that and riding I, with him. I, you know, we had a, in fifth, we had a Yume Sasaki, which was a good ride from him. Yes, absolutely. Carlos Tatai finishing in sixth, I think, is pretty amazing. That's a great ride. No, no, uh, no antics, no crazy situations, no outbreaking himself. Just rode a good race. And that's, that's what he needs to do because he now, I know he has the talent to finish in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Stay in the top 10, Carlos. Right. Um, to Pasquier, hey, I did not know who this guy was at the beginning of the year, but he is slowly moving toward the front. Yep. And that that's pretty impressive. I mean, he's a Swiss rider. I do nothing about him. So tip of the cap to Jason. I mean, we share a name, so he's obviously got to be really pretty good. Yeah, he's fast um, just because of that. So he's obviously fast. Yep. Um, but, you know, congrats to him on seventh. And our man, Nicolo Antonelli, nice Nice top 10. I think he would have wanted to be a little higher up, uh, especially after the first practice, as I called it out as I was reading that. He was the first, the fastest in the first practice. I think he would have expected a little more from the weekend. But if you're in the top 10, not a disaster. Uh, Xavier Artigas finished a race, finally. Uh, well, not finally, but finished the race and finished in the top 10. And mm-hmm. I think that's what Leopard was expecting from him. And that's what he needs to continue. needs to build on this and... Finish that up. And then my man, Ryusei Yamanaka. I just street had to fighter. get to him. Get the top hey, 10. the street fighter himself. Hey, fan club right here. I'm starting it. <laughs> Write it down. But, uh, you know, and then Izan Quivera, the rookie in 11th. Um, you know, he... He's he's doing really well. And it, again, if it's not... If not for a couple of these other people we talk about so much, Izan Guevara is having a phenomenal year. And we talked about it on the first thing, on the gas gas, which is super fun. And uh, I'm, I'm just happy. So, I mean, I, I didn't see anything that was crazy happening. I was happy that we got no one starting from pit lane because of the qualifying antics. Um, and we just had a really good race. Yeah. There were five or six guys that right up until the end could have won it until Pedro Acosta took over. Um, and that was... It was great to watch. It was great fun to watch it. And, um, hey, I'm looking forward to the next one already. No, absolutely. I completely agree. You know, tough luck for Gabriel Rodrigo and also John McPhee had monster high sides. But, uh, yeah, that's on John. This time it's on John, right? Like, that was on him. Absolutely. And that hurt. That hurt to watch. Like, I thought, my goodness. (laughs) I'm not getting They were both fairly rough. Yep. All right. Well, uh, that's all I got for Moto3 this time. What, uh, you got anything special no i don't think so i'm ready to move on to moto two i think okay. we covered uh, you know, pretty much what we needed to so in moto yeah. two you know we saw um we saw fabio de Antonio really you know pretty much run away with the race there after what what a, what a great steady. race he yeah. ran it he ran it perfectly you couldn't have drawn it up better uh, you know and uh he 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 built a lead. The last lap, I think he the last couple of turns, I want to say he kind of rolled out and started celebrating a little bit before the checkered flag. I was a little 
I was a little put off by that, but hey, he's excited. So you know, good on him for for finishing the race and bringing it home and getting the checkered flag. But uh, yep, you know, Mar- Marco Betsecki, second place finish for Marco, and then Sam Lowe's worked his way back up through the pack. You know, after from behind Remy Gardner and Raul Fernandez and, and uh, rounded off the podium. So uh, good rides all the way down. Uh, you know, Remy Gardner uh, finished in fourth, Raul Fernandez in fifth. And then uh, Chavi Vieira actually had a top six, so I was glad to see that Chavi uh, that uh, uh, Chavi got in there. Yep, uh, I mean but, it was uh, it was a it was a good race from G Antonio. I, I I I wanted a better race, and I was pulling for the Americans, of course. But you right. can't be mad when somebody just goes out and dominates, and that's what he did. Um, I was happy to see Bezeki put himself on the podium. I, you know, Betzeki is not having the start that he would have wanted, but he has not done anything to kill his chances of a world championship. Uh, Sam Lowe's um, had a had a good comeback race after the high side in turn one last time. Right, uh, had a good comeback race. You know, finishing in third. Uh, I just don't think anybody had anything for Gian Antonio this week. Uh, Fabio was just on another level, and Sam just wasn't quite at that level. But to finish third, that's a good finish. And then, you know, in fourth, you know, we talked Remy Gardner, which we've said many times, is doing what you have to do when you don't have the mojo to win. Absolutely right. He's finishing in the top three or four every time. And what, what... what else can you do? Listen, this is the speed that I had. This is the best that I could do. And you didn't do anything silly and didn't throw it away. And uh, he was followed by his uh, rookie teammate, Raul Fernandez, who once again looked really good, uh, coming in fifth. So that's a good finish for him. And that, I mean, for me, the guys like Bezeki and Gardner haven't won a race yet, but are right there in terms of points in the World Championship because they have done nothing to uh, ruin their chances when they didn't have a great motorcycle under them or they just didn't have the speed, right? Right. They're still bringing it and, home. They're still bringing right. it home at the end of the race. They're That's running right. mature races. They're not, like you said about Remy, you know, they're not throwing it up the road when they know they don't have the speed to win that day. Um, right. It's just, it, I mean, Remy's top, leading the championship, hasn't won a race. Yeah, this top five right now is is it really looks good. You know, I don't think, you know, we didn't want to, we didn't talk about the Jan Antonio as a championship contender or even Raul Fernandez, you know, as he was a rookie, but, um, he, he looks fantastic, amazing this year as a rookie, and and Dejan Antonio's, you know, he's looking fair. He's looking stronger than I've seen Fabio yep. in the past. Yeah, um, you know, maybe even, good things are coming. Right, even just outside the top five, I and mean, we were looking at at Chavi, and then obviously, you know, Ayagura, who's a who's a rookie as well. Um, mm-hmm. Ayagura has really taken to this bike and really taken to this class pretty well, um, in my opinion as well. Uh, also, yeah, I agree. Um, and of course, we got to talk about our Americans. You know, the Americans. Um, didn't, I mean, Joe Roberts put it in the top 10. Now, Joe's six in the championship. He's, he's doing pretty well. Um, but I, there's, there's some issues we still got to work out. Joe, Joe's race pace is not where it needs to be. Um, he's great with one lap, but yeah. he, he's, he's got to be a bit more consistent and I'm not trying to point fingers. I've just, obvious it's obvious you're not winning you got to have a better race pace um but at the same time i i i'm beginning to wonder how long we're going to see this with joe because we saw basically this same thing last year yeah and there's no doubt of the talent 
but can he put it together long enough to win a race? I, I don't know now. And that's I mean, kind of, you know, you kind of said what I was I was going to say, and, and but, you know, I might say it a little bit more abrasively, but, you know, we kind of oh. see a little bit of something similar in Maverick Vinales, right? He's, he's great. Oh, for, my he's, goodness. He's great for a fast. He's, he's good. He's a one. You, you know, shut your mouth. Oh, hold on. Hear me out. He's, hear he's me American. Out. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Hear me out. He's great in a fast lap. We know we can set, he can set a blistering lap around a, around a track, and then we see a bad start. Uh, you know, Joe always seems to find himself in a bad spot going into turn one. It seems so. Uh, you know, I don't think that that's really indicative of Joe's speed. Um, you know, I don't know if Joe gets flustered on the first lap or two, and then he gets settled down after that turn one. You know, rush that everyone has. Um, and he always just gets shuffled back there and then almost sets the pace for a Joe, for a Joe Roberts race. You know, we've seen him, he's worked back through the pad, uh, through the, uh, through the field to, to put the bike on the podium before. Um, so he, he's strong, but it's gotta be strong in the first couple laps as well. Um, he, he's certainly not, um, it's not nearly as drastic as what we see out of Maverick Vinales. So I don't want to, I don't want to group him there, but it, there is somewhat of a pattern. I think they're just a hair. So I, I don't want to see that with Joe Robertson. And no. once again, like you said, it was a top 10. He's a, you know, top eight. So I'm happy that, you know, he's inside the top 10 and uh, continue well, rooting for the guy. Obviously, Right. I mean, well, he's finishing boy. races for the most part. I mean, he, he did have the off the second race in Qatar, but you know, our boy Cameron Bobier now has fallen twice, which I have not. It's a new bike, a new bunch of tracks. You know, he he just didn't fall very much in Moto America, so I, I think there's a learning curve there. I think maybe we got a little bit excited when he put it up in the top ten. Um, there's a huge learning curve for someone coming to a new bike, new team, new continent, new, new tracks. tracks. Yeah, I mean everything's new, so. Let's just be patient. It's there, though. Yes. He's not He's yep. not embarrassing us at all. He is doing a great job. Um, but, yeah, so we need to see a little bit more consistency in the lap pace and the lap pace in the races from Joe Roberts. Um, Ayagura did a great job finishing seventh, like you said. Aaron Kinnett in ninth. And then mm-hmm. Marcel Schroeder with another top ten. So, you know, I, you know, Marcel Schroeder's always been one of those guys to me that was good but not great. And I think that's where we are. But you know what? If you can go racing and finish in the top 10 in Moto2 and keep your job, good on you. Keep doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then Marcos Ramirez with a, a really another phenomenal ride in 11th with that broken wrist. Hey, thanks for holding up the American racing flag, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Definitely. Um, once again, he's he's tougher than I could be, you know, racing yeah, at that absolutely. level. And then also no chance for, yeah. even hurt. I mean, I'd be... right. Yeah, and so Jorge Navarro finishing in 12th. We saw him finish a race, which is great. So you're not going to throw him under the bus this week, hopefully. Not this week. No, he's good um, to go. Yeah. Stefano Manzi scoring some points. Um, and then, you know, Lorenzo Baldessari and Bo Schneider finishing it out. But here's the – but I, I, I went through those really quick because I have something to say about the guys down there at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Haffy Shiren, we've, we've talked about it. I don't I don't know what what this guy's doing. Thomas Luti is down there. But I'm very surprised that Vietti and Arbolino are down in seven or eighteenth and twenty-first. That's very surprising to me. And I know that both of them are new on the bike, so I'm kind of giving them a pass. But 
a lot of guys crashed out of this race, and you still only managed 18th and 22nd, 21st. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's too much to look into um, with those guys. Uh, like you said, they are rookies. Um, this is yeah. they're. This bike is, you know, the, you know, the, this year is going to be a little bit different on this bike with this track. Sure, they know the track, but they've not. Yeah. They don't know the track on this bike, right? It's not the same as That's riding right. Moto Three. That's bike. sure. Um, and all the names that are ahead of them, there's only what two, uh, two actual rookies that are ahead of them in Raul Fernandez and Aaron Canet. Um, yeah. So I, well, you know, if you look true. at it, That's if true. you kind of look through those goggles, you know, you're looking at, at who's in front of. Uh, um, uh, who's in front of them? You know, you've got uh, Lorenzo Baldassare, who was terribly strong on a Calix when he was still in a Calix. You know, Stefano Manzi, he's been in the class for a while. Uh, real know, quick, Navarro. real quick. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Kinnett's yeah. not a rookie. He was there last year. I'm sorry, did I say Aaron Kinnett? You did. I meant Aaron Ayagura. I mean, I'm, I'm just here to play correction police because it's fun to get you flustered. But, you know, please continue with your point. I just wanted to make sure everybody in podcast land knew that I knew that Aaron Connett was not a rookie. He wanted to make sure that he knew that I was wrong. So that's okay. <laughs> that's right. No, I mean, this is our relationship, Bo. I don't know how you haven't figured this out yet. Yeah, I screw up, you fix it. So that, that's what it is. <laughs> no, but yeah, so I don't think, of, I'm not going to, I know, I know you weren't smashing the panic button with those guys. Just no, yet. not at all. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think it's too, I think it's a little bit too early to uh, to, to really say, we're worried about that. I mean, cause we saw Albert Arenas, you know, who is all, uh, he, he went down in this race as well. Yeah, um, he did. And, and we saw Nicola Bulaga crash again, which we're starting to get accustomed to in races. I hey, believe. he's got to be careful because he doesn't have many more chances. He's, he is, he has, you know, Bulaga just isn't doing it. He just isn't. It's too many crashes. He needs to finish races. Nope. Or the ride is going to dry up, and, and you got to be worried when you see kids like Pedro Costa in Moto Three that are oh, yeah. that are doing fantastic. You've got this yeah. is your job, you know. I mean, yeah, if, that if just punches well the clock jobs, on your time. Yep, absolutely. But, well, uh, I you know I don't want to do that, but we it is a big difference between the Moto Three bike and the Moto Two bike. Right. The Moto Two bike is much heavier, much more powerful, um, and you know we've got a couple of like. Albert Arenas is the defending Moto3 champion, or not defending, but the the Moto3 champion until a new one's crowned. And the previous Moto3 champion, Lorenzo Dallaporta, still has not really translated to this Moto2 bike yet. Right. And, you know, I wonder about that a little bit. Um, I wonder, you know, this is his second year, so he's had plenty of time, and maybe he'll make his way up because he is on the good team. Uh, he's on the Ital Trans team with Joe Roberts, and Joe Roberts is up there in the top ten. So you know this is this is a big deal. But, so what do you think? You think if if Lorenzo Delaporta really doesn't take to that bike, do you think that that there could be space for you know a Romano Fanati to step back up into that class, and and Lorenzo Delaporta to kind of step backwards again, or or what are you thinking there? You know, do you want to make room if you're a team? I guess if if you're a team owner, a team boss, do you? Do you want to go with the new kid, and the, or you want to try to get that new blood as far as Pedro Acosta and get that superstar in that, and take a gamble on him, or do you want to let I, that that uh, Romano Fanati back in? I think everybody wants Pedro Acosta. I think anybody would sign him right now, um, but I think KTM will keep that locked up. But yes, to your point, people like Bulaga, maybe people like Dalaporta, because. 
what I think is going to happen. I don't, you won't see people go backwards very often because that really doesn't bode well. You're not supposed to go backwards. So if Delaporta goes backwards, then I think we can punch the clock and the clock's ticking on how long we see him in that paddock. Right. So he needs to really work on whatever it is that's giving him trouble because he was a phenomenal racer in Moto3. So we know his, yeah. So his, his racecraft is good. He's obviously got talent, but there's something about the Moto2 bike that doesn't suit him. But we talked about that, like with Ayagura, the Moto3 bike didn't really suit Ayagura as well as the Moto2 bike does. So there is some of that. So I don't know, man. I, I, I think, it is, I'm not smashing the panic button, but I definitely have noticed it. That's where I'm at. I'm at that. Oh, well, I'm watching now. Yeah. Now I'm curious. I'm always looking to see where Dallaporta is in practice. I'm always seeing how many times Bulaga's crashed. I'm seeing, I'm trying to watch the race. I'm watching for Bulaga to see if he can finish. You know, that's what I'm doing now for these guys because that's the way I am on Haffy Shiren. That's the way I am on Thomas Luthi. That's, yep. I'm, I'm keeping a side eye on all those guys because I'm curious to see if what I think is going to happen. And it just further cements my idea that I know everything. So, you know, what What else do you want? You heard it here first, first folks. Nostradamus, <laughs> co-host. <laughs> it's Colstradamus. Jason Colstradamus. <laughs> I see what you but, did there. Yeah, it's nice. So... I, you know what, I, for Moto2, though, that's about all I've got. Um, I think, you know, if the Americans get on the podium, we'll talk about it for two hours. But um, right yeah. now, it's it's good racing, and there's a lot of contenders. And I think there are a lot of guys that are doing what they need to do to compete for that world championship and to impress the bosses at the next level. You know, finishing the finishing the races, bringing it home, and when you don't have it, getting as many points as you can. Definitely, so. yep. So that, that's great. All right, so let's move on to uh, MotoGP. What do you think? Yep, sounds good. I'll let you. I'll let you take this one. I, I know you've got some some feelings about about our top three. Okay. I, first of all, Jack Miller, Francesco Bagnaia, Franco Morbidelli, Morbidelli, Morbidelli. <laughs> um, honestly, there couldn't have been a better podium for me in the paddock. That race. I mean, I was so happy for Jack Miller. I was so happy to see a man who had been getting roasted and not really by us, but we had questioned him a little bit to come out and ride that ride. Now I realize that without the arm pump, Fabio de Genitonio is off in the sunset. Oh, right. Fabio Cordero. Wow. That a boy. But I realize that, but the arm pump is real, and Jack had already battled arm pump, yeah. and and for him to come back and do what he did, that's a that's that's a special rider and a special mindset, and a, he caught, you know, he just he, everything went right for him, and he did the right thing and did a great job, and you know, I'm I'm over the moon for Jack Miller. I, I he deserved it. Great guy in the paddock and a and a great rider. He deserved this spot on the factory team, and now he has proven that he deserves to be there, I think, to himself, most importantly. Um, and the rest of us doesn't matter, but to himself, he knows he belongs. And, uh, you know, so I, man, I was I was just over the moon to see him win it. Um, so Francesco Bagnaia is fast becoming one of my favorite riders in that paddock. 
I think he Pecco is is a phenomenal, phenomenal personality and writer. I, I love his demeanor. I love the way he goes about his business. And I love how he is a an absolute killer on track, but off track. Looks like a dude that you could hang out and watch movies with, you know? Yeah. Just go to a track day, hang yeah. out, and laugh in the paddock. That's the kind of dude he is, uh, it feels like to me. And so I, I love that he's he's able to get up there and win. And then for Franco to win on a two-year-old bike, I mean, for, not to win, but to get on the podium right. on a two-year-old bike, I, well, I was... So I he, love it. I he love it. He said that into his his podium interview with you know he said that yep. hey, it feels like a win to get on the podium and yeah and, and it it yep. certainly was a uh, uh, he was uh, he was vindicated in getting that podium I believe um, yep. given the struggles that he's kind of had on that bike a little bit yeah I I don't even think it's been the struggles I think it's Yamaha and I, I said this before I I am lambasting Yamaha because they're a bunch of morons this this guy is the second best rider you have and maybe the best if you put him on the same machinery as fabio so i think and that was touched on a little bit this week. it was it, it was know, that, that it, it's not so much yamaha it, it's actually patronus because they didn't have the budget to get the to get more Bedelli that bike. right well because of covid and there was yep. a lot of factors that left him out in the cold and he was very he said he was very frank with yamaha and they were very frank with him yep so from Morbidelli, though, I think next year, I don't think he's going to have that problem. I think he's going to be on factory machinery. I just don't think it'll be with Yamaha. So I wouldn't go to Yamaha. If I'm Morbidelli, I'll, I, you obviously at least want to give that negotiation, right? Because we know that the Patronus team is probably raking in money hand over fist because of the other rider that's in that garage. Uh, they're right. getting a ton of exposure. They're getting a ton of, of market of market free marketing, essentially free advertising, just because of who that rider is. Um, now, I'm sure that they paid for it in his contract, you know. But at the same time, that that is still benefiting that team to have Val- uh, Valentino Rossi in, in it. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. I think that Patronus definitely needs to take that into consideration, and I, I would I would almost venture to say that. Rossi as well needs to take that into consideration whenever if he starts negotiating a contract for next year, um, in the fact that and throw that in that direction of Franco Morbidelli to say, hey, we got to get this guy on a new bike because he's already at the front with a two-year-old bike. Yeah, what, absolutely. What I, I think do? so. So yeah, I I think I, I like I said he's going to be on a factory team somewhere. It could be Yamaha because he is outperforming the other rider, especially yep. uh, from Yamaha. Um, and I think, I think it's time for him to get that factory shot. You know, um, it just is, there's just no other way to say it. I, I, we're beating that dead horse, but it's just time. So he will get it after this year and he deserves it. And end of story. Um, but let's talk about the fourth place finisher in Takanakagami. I mean, what a ride. Yep. What a ride. He would, did you see the, the film of him after the race though? He was spent. He gave everything he had. He he rode that Bronco <laughs> for 45 minutes or 41 minutes, just as hard as he could. And beat and, up too, you know. With and Christ, oh yeah, and beat up and yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I was I was so impressed. What a great ride. Um, so that's your top Honda finisher, and um, you know I I don't know. I don't know what I think about HRC right now. Um, 
I'm 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 waiting. I'm worried about their direction for the bike. I'm worried about their selection of pole Espargaro. I'm also worried about Marquez a little bit. It's only been two races, but really he didn't ride but seven laps on the test because his body wasn't back. Right. But it's been 265 days since the injury. I don't know how many days it's been since the last surgery. But I'm going to be honest. I am I am curious about what is in store for Honda. They don't, you know, Pole Espargaro has talked about how he's got one bike. Mark's got another bike. Takanakagami's got a bike. Mm-hmm. They're going in different directions. And he didn't know. He's like, I don't think that's good. But here's the thing. You know, for so long, they've been able to rely on Mark Marquez to carry them. And he can't do it right now. Now, he may be back to it next year. I don't know, though, man. I'm I'm telling you, every time, the thing that's most worrying to me about Mark Marquez is what he said after FP4. Every time I attack, I crash. Right. And that's a problem with the bike. And and I think that he had identified, you know, partially what that problem was. At least, but it was it wasn't so much on corner entry; it was on mid to corner exit. I think was where he was saying that there were some problems that he was having, yep. and he was losing some time. But honestly, I'm I'm, try, I'm trying to look at the look objectively at the situation as if I was uh, HRC. Um, so you've got your premier rider who you have been basing so much development on for the past few years in Mark Marquez. He goes out. He breaks his arm. He's done. So now you have you don't have a lot of in new data coming in. You just have right. random data coming in, and you, right. you've got to figure out how to piece it all together. You've got to figure out how to continue to move forward. Now this isn't isn't to take anything away from Stefan Brattle. It's not to take anything away from Paul Spargo. Hey, Stefan Brattle looks great. Yes, he does. Absolutely, he's doing a fantastic job. He did a fantastic job all last year. Tremendous effort yep. that he's that he puts out in a race. Um, and and he's an older guy, you know. He's a um, he, he he's been in the GP paddock before and raced full time, um, and he's doing a tremendous job and a phenomenal effort that he that he gives them. So I don't think that um, HRC is going in different directions with their riders. I think what they're doing is they're getting different options out on the table to kind of see, all right, where do where does our game plan go from here? And, and I agree. You know, if they give Nakagami a certain package, they want to say, okay, Nakagami's fast on this, so let's take that data and let's analyze that data. And then yep. say, Mark Marquez is fast on this. Well, let's look at this data and, and, and figure out where, you know, if we could support him and, and continue that effort to get him better and back to where he should be. And Paul Espargaro, he's upset with everything in life, and he doesn't like what he's doing. But he's still fast, you know, on this setup, and he might not like it. But he's he's very. I quick. don't care what Paul Espargaro so, thinks. Well, I was going to try to be nice because I, I don't want to be. I'm not. Completely I'm doom, done with that guy. With the guy. Well, that's fine because you can't make him happy. This is what no, you wanted, Paul Espargaro. You can't go to it's work. Ridiculous. Go, get the yeah. bike figured out. I'm sorry. You should have finished that race ahead of Mark Marquez. I'm going to say it right yes. now. Mark Marquez tracked you down and passed you. You should have finished that race in front of Mark Marquez. This dude has one arm, and he's faster than you. One arm. So, on the same bike, 
So there's, so there, you know, you say their bikes are different. Okay, maybe. I don't think so. I what I think, I think they're different in little, little, little ways. But I don't think it's so different that pole is being hampered and Marquez has a good package. You know what I mean? Like they're not giving right. pole all the bad parts that don't work. Exactly. Yeah, so, get over get over yourself. So as a team, that would almost be stupid to do that, right? Because if, yes. if you gave more, you're essentially and this is goodness. Don't take this the wrong way. You're giving you. Why would you give your best package in the in the in the in your box to the guy that's got one arm? You would give it to your your healthiest rider because he's your yep. hope to get more points in that in that weekend. So you know, I, I think Paul Spargo has a chip on his shoulder. I think he's always had a chip on his shoulder for whatever reason. Um, but you know, and, and to be honest with you, I think he's mad because he finished how many spots behind of Naprilia. There's a shot for well, you. Well, he, yeah, yeah. Shocking. He's finished four spots behind his brother, but I want to say that we're going to finish this conversation, but we're going to cut this off right here.